reaching up, reaching over, and reaching out. We are New Life Christian Fellowship. For service times or recordings of our weekly messages, please visit us online at www.nlcfchurch.org. Good morning, everyone. Sometimes we need a, a little bigger table here to put your stuff. Right? Well, I hope you guys are enjoying the summer so far. It has been an absolutely beautiful couple days. And uh, I know for a Father's Day gift, uh, my wife, I'm, I don't know, I, I'm not supposed to know about it yet, but I have already received the gift, but I'm supposed to act surprised this afternoon. Uh, but I have gotten a, a swing uh, so that when you come to our place, we can go outside and we can swing on a swing and we can enjoy the weather, which we did last night, which was absolutely precious. So uh, thank you very much for that, my dear. And I'll still act surprised when we get home. Okay. We are continuing our series today on distinctive discipleship. And um, just going back a little bit of a recap of what's, what's this, what this is all about uh, distinctive discipleship was designed for us as individuals to meet each and every one of our needs or to identify where we are at in our walk with Christ. It is not something that we can point out to the person sitting next to us. It is designated for you and for you to self-apply and to self-evaluate as to where you are at. And this whole series has been, uh, like again, designed in such a way that you are you are the one that's going to be doing the evaluating of where you are at in your walk with Christ. And so I trust you guys have been doing that. Uh, I know that there's been uh, multiple speakers here, and some are, you know, not exactly following this pattern, but all apply. The, message, the messages that we have heard all apply uh, to really, to distinctive uh, discipleship as to where are we at in our walk with Christ. So I'm hoping that that will come out again as well uh, this morning, that uh, we will... You know, even if you silently pray, ask, you know, ask God, where is my heart this morning? And as we were singing this morning, and as we were even, uh, as we're, the class was going downstairs today that Johnny taught, I'm asking myself, where am I at with you in my relationship with you? Where am I in your presence or at, in my walk with you? And I pray that that will be our prayer this morning as well. The theme verses for this particular uh, series is Colossians 1, 27 through 29. Now, I want to read that again this morning. We're going to be focusing on one particular verse, but uh, the whole verse, all these verses apply to what we're discussing. It says this, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we, him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all energy that powerfully works within me. And the, the topic that we're going to be going through today is uh, discipline. And I know everyone loves to hear that word discipline, right? But going back now just to these focus verses here, a little bit here, and Paul is talking here about the teaching of the people, and, it's, and he uses the word toil here. He says, for this I toil. When we look at the life of Paul, when Paul was converted from Saul to Paul, we saw his relentless desire for people to know Christ. 
And that is what we want as well as a church. We want you to grow into a deeper relationship with Christ. And it says, for this I toiled. So this was Paul's priority. And that everyone and all the, all the teaching and everything that they did, it was to mature us in Christ. And when we look at maturity level, where we are at, there are many areas of our life. We don't want to just pick one area of our life that we want to improve on. We want to improve our life in every area that God called us to be more like him, which we know is more than just one area. It's multiple. It can be multiple of things. And that is another thing that we want to talk about as well is what are these uh, disciplines that I'm talking about? And I'll get into that in just a little bit. But discipline, how many of you, when you hear that word, cringe? Because discipline to me is a, it's a hard thing. You know, there's, how many of you guys here have said, well, we'll I'm going to start on Monday. I'm, I'm going to start on Monday. Does that, does that a reoccurring theme in your, your thing with whatever you decided to do, I'm going to start on Monday? Well, it's been a lot of Mondays. I remember thinking back, when I was 18 years old, I was running. I was doing a seven-kilometer run. Yes, although it, you may not be able to tell right now, but I used to run. I used to be in pretty good shape. And I ran 7K without a problem. And I remember thinking, at 18, I'm going to become a huge bodybuilder. That was my dream, to be massive. It didn't matter how big. I just wanted ripped abs, big. I wanted to make an impression where I went. I'm still working on that goal. And I've said it now, when I'm 65, when I retire, believe me, I'm going to hit that mark. But discipline wasn't part of my life there. There were too many things clouded that. And, you know, I often, I used to think, and this is my immature way of thinking, that a bodybuilder would make the best Christian. Why? Because they understand what discipline is. Because if you want to become a bodybuilder, if you want to get those results that these bodybuilders have, that discipline is like, it is, you follow that to a T. It's the eating, well, the diet, uh, the exercise, you know, the, the amount of times you work out, there is no, there's no skipping. You follow that. It's discipline. But then, you know, as you mature, and, and please don't take this the wrong way, but, you know, if your only focus is building the body, it does absolutely nothing for your soul. So reprioritize that. I mean, I'm not saying that bodybuilding or working out is wrong. Working out is a healthy thing. It's a part of a balanced lifestyle. We live as Christians, that exercise is good for you, uh, but not, not making that the only goal. But discipline, this is the definition of discipline. These are simple habits and practices that help us to develop, to grow, and to strengthen our faith in Christ. They help us to develop a lasting faith, a strong faith, and a faith that puts that put into practice. They, they don't have power in themselves, but they help to develop and strengthen a faith that connects us to the one who is powerful over all things. And what comes to mind is the, the parable about where Jesus is the, um, the we are the, the Jesus, that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. That if we are not connected in him, then we don't have the power. We draw our strength and our power from Christ. So discipline. So some of these spiritual disciplines that we're talking about, and that, and I'm going to tap into this a little bit in, uh, in the book of Acts here. Here are just a few that I wanted to, to, to bring out this morning. One of our spiritual disciplines is Bible reading. 
Bible reading is one of probably one of the things that I put that at the top of my list. Uh, the other one is fellowship, part of our part of our discipline, uh, communion and sharing meals. Prayer is another big one. And worship, generosity, fellowship, accountability, service, fasting, confession is part of our disciplines. Something that we as Christians who follow Christ should actively partake, should be partaking in. Rest. Rest is also important. Reflecting on what God has done for us is part of our church discipline. Celebration is another big one. In the Old Testament times, you will read oftentimes when a certain mark was met and the story of Nehemiah comes to mind, when they rebuilt the wall, there was a huge celebration of, uh, of the people there that accomplished that task. And this was something that even God ordained, that we are to celebrate those times. And another big one is disciple-making. It is also part of our disciplines that we are to, to take part in. So... In the book of Acts is probably the best uh, 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 clarification of what church discipline looks like. I'm going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and it says this. This is now at, where, or at the time when Jesus has already gone back to heaven. The disciples have now are out and are preaching. The Holy Spirit has already come, and Peter has now preached a sermon. And with that sermon that he preached, there were many that came to Christ, in Acts 2, 42 through 47, it says this about what's going on there. Now listen to what the people are doing in this, in this part of the text here. It says there that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them, the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous joy, with hearts, joy, joyful hearts, praising God and having favor with all, all the people. And it says here, listen to, listen to this part here. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This to me is a beautiful picture of what church, of what the foundation of church was built on and how we continue today. That our, our disciplines, when you read this particular text here, the church discipline that those new believers had and the things that they were devoted to, and I'll just highlight them again a little bit, it was the teaching, preaching, fellowship, prayers. This is what drew the people in. It says here that God then, when they were following this, all this was happening. They were following these church disciplines and were, again, the teaching and the preaching, all this was happening. And it said that the Lord added people to the, to the congregation. It wasn't our doing, but it was God's doing. But can you visual, visualize this church, this new church, to the unbelievers that were in that time, what were they seeing? You see, that's what drew people in. And now it was God that was adding them. But think about what that looked like. If you had need, someone would sell something to help you meet a need. There was praying. There was the celebration of meals. There was getting together. All this was happening. And it was done out of a joyful heart. What would New Life Christian Fellowship look like if our hearts 
were like the heart of this church that originally started? What would our church look like if these disciplines that I, was, that I mentioned here, the, the teaching of, uh, you know, we, 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 we give ourselves to the teaching of the word, praying, communion, all these things that the first church ever did. What would that look like in our community? And it says here, and this is the part that, I, I, that the Lord added the numbers. It wasn't the people, but it was the Lord who added the numbers. This has to become priority in our life. The disciplines that we have that are called out here, the praying, the teaching, the fellowship, the, just the first four or five of this list are the probably the, that I see are very important as the bottom, as the, uh, as, the, as the priority part of our life as a follower of Christ. All of this takes time. All of this takes you know, we look, I look at our schedules. I look at the time, you know, the, just the schedule we have here at church and work and things like that. It is so hard sometimes to find that time at the end of the day or the beginning of the day to set aside time. But I'm telling you, please hear these words. If you hear anything this morning, this is so important for your spiritual health that we spend time with God. That we spend time, that we take this time, that we discipline ourselves to, to follow in the teaching and the fellowship and the communion and the prayer and the sharing and the worship. All these things, these things need to become priority in our life. And discipline, I know as hard, it's, it's not a good word. I know it's not a good word. It's hard to, to, to make this all happen or to, 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 to wedge out that time of the day. But when we do this, when we allow God to work through us and, and when we commit ourselves to this, it will change you. It will change your heart. Spiritual disciplines, they permeate. They, they, it will, when, we, when we commit ourselves to spiritual disciplines, our spiritual, our soul, our, our spirit grows. We grow uh, and we grow in maturity and wisdom in, in the things of the Bible, of, of, of God. They're premeditated. And this is something that uh, I wanted to touch on that a little bit too. Uh, and all of you guys have heard this story probably in the news or years ago. But what does premeditated mean in our walk with, uh, in, in our walk with spiritual growth or in our spiritual disciplines? Years ago, there was this uh, flight or this plane that ended up landing in the Hudson River. And at Sully, I think you guys have heard this story, and I've mentioned this before, but I'll never forget that. When he was interviewed, uh, they were, he, uh, news reporters were asking him, you know, what, at what point in time did you ever, what point in time did you decide to land that plane in the Hudson River? And he says, I made that decision 20 years ago. If I'm ever in this situation, this is what I'm going to do. So when we pre premeditate, this is something that I'm going to do when I get home, or I've I've added this part of my day that when this time comes, this is what I'm going to do. Nothing, nothing should distract us from that. Or at least if it's distracted, that we somehow then make up that time. But we make that a priority to spend time with God and uh, uh, in, in, in what he has for us. When we read God's word and we, like, what, is he, what are you missing out on if you are not spending time with him? 
I'm a little tongue-tied this morning because I, I can't stress enough how important it is that we spend time with God in his word. The harsh reality of this is that if we cannot find time for spiritual training, and that's what this is, we are being trained, then we are investing our lives into something that we value more. And these are not my words. This is from Travis Agnew's version of this. And it hurt to read that because it's a reality. Now, and are we honest with ourselves? Like, are we honestly asking ourselves that, okay, if we don't have time to spend time with God, then what is more valuable to us than that? That hurt to read that because there's time, many times, where I've, okay, well, this will just have to wait till tomorrow. If we cannot find time for spiritual training, we are investing our lives into something that we value more. And in today's day and age, when we look at what the world, how the world offers, what the world offers, we look at the internet and, and, and YouTube and all these things, you know, when we look at spiritual discipline, when we look at somebody who is in training, a boxer or a runner, you know, fighters who fight fights, they often train six months at a time or ahead of time before the actual fight will begin. It's a slow process. It's pro slow progress. And in today's day and age, we want instant gratification. You know, if I did this today, I would love to lift, bench press 500 pounds this afternoon and look like Ronnie Coleman. I know it's not going to happen. It will take years of discipline to do that. And that's the mindset we have to have. That our spiritual growth, our spiritual disciplines, when we do all these things, it's a gradual process. It does not happen overnight, but the benefits will come. 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 16, it says this. If you put these things before the brothers, you will, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, being trained in the words of faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with uh, irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while, bod while bodily training is of some value, goodness is of value, it is in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we will toil and strive, because we have our hope to set on the living God, who is our Savior of all people, especially, especially of those who believe. Command each other, command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers as an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote, yourself, devote yourselves to public reading of the scripture, and ex to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by the prophecy, when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and the hearers. Spiritual disciplines are not meant to make you liked by Jesus, but to make you more like Jesus. And we read this in verse, of the verses that I just read in verse 6 and 7 there. You know, we don't want to become, we don't want to learn all these things. We don't want to read all these things and do all these things for the sake of Jesus liking us more. But what it does, it conforms you to be more like Jesus. 
That's not something that we do out of our own strength. That's something that God does for us through the Holy Spirit. And uh, verse six, at the end of verse 7, it says here that rather train yourself for godliness. So when we train ourselves in the word, when we become more like Jesus, we become more godly. And that to me is, I need all the help there that I can get. That it's only because of Christ in us and the spirit there that that can happen. It's not out of our own strength. I think I mentioned that already, that this is not something, you cannot do this with your own strength. You have you don't have the authority, nor do you have the ability to do this. This is something that only happens with Christ, in Christ, in us, and through Christ. So that, again, is just so important that it's not something that we can achieve on our own. It's something that God does through us. So we become more like him the more we spend time with him. Our souls need more work than our bodies. And this is something I alluded to already. That, yes, exercise, health, all that uh, is all very important. But if we're working out and doing all these things for the sake of just our body and not bringing in the spiritual aspect part of that, where we are training our spiritual senses, so to speak, our body, what we do to our body has, is of no spiritual value when that time comes, when we, when, either when we pass away or when we, when we go to, with God to be in heaven. But our spiritual, our soul, what we cater and what we do for our soul, what we train our soul to do, that will have eternal value. And never use your age or experience to serve as an excuse. You know, uh, Paul is talking to Timothy here in 1 Timothy. And Timothy, Timothy was a young brother and was teaching probably some people that were maybe older, quite a bit older, and I'm sure that didn't go over well in, in, in some of the circumstances. And this message is for us as well today, too, that no matter where we are at with our spiritual disciplines, we should be teaching someone. And as Timothy here, as Paul encourages Timothy, don't let your age become, uh, a, like, don't let that stop you from serving. Whether you either, if you think you're either too young to serve or too old to serve, there's never a just right time to serve. We should all be serving. And don't let any of that, dis, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, keep you from, uh, from, doing your, from, from doing your job or from what we should be doing. No matter where we are at in our spiritual walk, we have something to teach someone, someone who knows less than us, or, you know, or, and we have also have something to learn as well from somebody who knows more than us. But again, don't wait for the right time to serve. Serve now. And... Uh, how many of you guys ever heard that uh, saying, practice, uh, practice, practice makes perfect, but practice makes progress, right? You know, when you look at anyone uh, from, and Paul uses this oftentimes in, uh, in his uh, words as well, a runner or, you know, a boxer, I think is what was talked about today. All these things that we talked about, you, you make progress. Like you start here, at some point you are at an entry level, you start at the beginning, and I know Ryan's been taking boxing classes, so I know from the time he started taking box classes to where he's at now, he's already learned a lot. And that is exactly what we do is when we continue to go. Ryan will only get better if he keeps going. If he stops going, he won't get any better. And that's exactly what, what's called from us as well, that we are to continue to practice these spiritual disciplines. We apply them. And you know what? The more we learn uh, or apply 
the more meaningful it becomes and our, it, the, you know, the Holy Spirit has a way of opening our eyes to see more than what we did the last time we did it. And that's why we continually grow or to continually seek what is God teaching us through these, uh, through these spiritual disciplines. So practice doesn't make perfect, but practice makes progress. We're to continually practice and not neglect that. And uh, we stop going, we stop doing, well, then the growth stops. Your spiritual habits will not only impact you, but also influ influence those around you. And that is, when we read at the end of verse 16 here, I'll read that again. It says, keep close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and the hearers. Think about the impact that that has. Our spiritual walk, where we are at, our spiritual disciplines and what we are, what we are diligently seeking to perfect, which we never will on this side of heaven, but that you are impacting the people that are around you. Believers, non-believers, whoever God puts in your path. When we are actively living out these spiritual disciplines, it says here, not only will you impact, impact them, influence others around you, but it's just an amazing it says that you will save both yourself and your hearers. The word save is used there. That you will save both yourself and your hearers. So what seeds are we planting when we are obedient, when we are living out our faith as imperfect as we are? But if we are living out our faith, by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. And again, that is the Holy Spirit that will be doing the work through us. But we need to be obedient and applying this and need to continually grow. So the challenge I have for us today is what will be the next spiritual discipline that you will begin to improve? And there's so many that I've listed here today. And I don't want us now to think that we now all have to grab all of them and work on them all at the same time. But what area is the most, what is the lacking the most in your life right now? What area? Is it reading? Is it praying? Is it fellowship? And if I could suggest if you are not reading, start there. That is the foundational part of our, of our faith is that we spend time with God in his word. So if that's an area that you need to improve on or that's an area that you need to work on or that's the one you choose, start there. That's the foundation part of it. Start there. And then work on the others as, as you go along. And I can't help but stress that we prioritize this. Uh, it won't happen by itself. And I said that in the last time when I spoke on the, the, spirit, on the, the topic of doctrinal. If we are not spending time with God, it's not going to happen by itself. We are not going to be able to lean up against somebody and, and out of that become knowledgeable. It requires work on our part, discipline on our part. It, it's that time of the day that you have to wedge out to make time to spend time with God. I can't stress that enough. Immerse yourself in training with one spiritual discipline that is essential for your soul's health. Start there with reading. One of the, one of the comments that, that, that I thought was just so
so overwhelming to me that I, 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 had, to re- I had to bring it up again. And it talked about uh, the spiritual disciplines that are not meant to make you more liked by Jesus. Like, Jesus won't like you more, but it's to make you more like Jesus, to, make, to, conform, to conform us or to, to make us more into his image. You know, when I think about fellowship, when I think about being like Jesus, one of Jesus' deepest desires was to have fellowship with his Father. We read that in, on, the, on the cross when Jesus died, that um, he's, he, he called out, Father, uh, you know, uh, Father God, why have you forsaken me? For that moment in time, God had turned his back because of all the sin that Jesus carried on the cross for us. When I think about the Holy Father in heaven who desires a relationship with us, who desires to have fellowship with us. And when we, 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 obey, his, the, we obey the commands and we, and we seek him out, are we diligently seeking out God in our life? Are we diligently looking for him to have fellowship with him? When I read some of the Old Testament um, you know, uh, a text where it says that God longed to have fellowship with his people. God desired for the people to respond in love as God loves us. I can't think of a no better, no better way in how we can respond and have fellowship with him than when we put these practices into our life, when we are seeking to be more like his son. I don't know what this does to you this morning. You know, there are so many areas of my life that I need to work on, and it can be overwhelming. But start with one thing and work your way through that. And just diligently seek God's will in studying the word or praying or whatever it may be. Don't neglect this. It's a precious time that we have with God. And again, this is something that will go with us our soul will be edified. And uh, the joy that that brings and the joy that the Father in heaven uh, will get because of that, because, I don't know, we want to spend time with him. I want to spend time with him. And uh, I can't, like, I, I, I wish I could scream it the way I want, the way I want to say it. What are we missing as a result of not spending time or not spending time with him in his word? What are we missing? I look at my 51 years of being on this earth and what areas of my life would have been different had I been more in Christ. My prayer for all of us this morning is that we, that we'll, that we will take this to heart, that we will seek God, that we will spend time with him in, in every part of our, every moment of our day where he is present. He longs to be with us. He longs to hear from us. And that would be my prayer, that we will uh, seek him and, again, allow him uh, to move in our life. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, there is so much more that needs to be said this morning. And Lord, I pray this morning that, that you will seek our hearts this morning, that you will bring to light, Lord, where in our heart or what is in our heart that is keeping us from totally surrendering to you. Lord, I pray this morning that you will remove anything 
and all things that are hindering that. Lord, I think of Jesus on the cross and how he desired to be with you. Lord, I pray that you will place in our hearts a hunger and a desire to be with you. I pray, Lord God, that it will become, that it will be such a need, Lord God, that we won't be able to resist but to dive into your word and to pray. I pray, Lord God, that you will create a hunger in us that can only be satisfied and fulfilled when we spend time with you. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord God, uh, for your renewed zeal and love for us that you continually give so gracefully and so freely, Lord God. I pray this all in Jesus' name.